apologize for the space. I know that we're tight this morning, and uh, I appreciate everyone being patient with us. We're praying. We're seeking God Amen. for building, but God sent us here, and it's a God problem. Don't, don't even worry about it. Say, you can complain to him and say, God, we need space. Don't, don't even worry about it. He's okay. He's a big boy. He can handle it. Just say, God, we need space. We, we need to be able to, you know, have enough space to worship and run the aisle and lift our voice and shout. And we just need some space, Lord. So tell him, I know you sent us here, but we're ready for the next move. God, we're ready for the next move. But I really sincerely appreciate you just being patient with us and forgive us for the, the tightness of what we have here this morning. We really want you to be comfortable and it's not our will that you are uncomfortable. But do your very best to be comfortable. You'll appreciate the days ahead when we get our own building and you can be comfortable. You can nudge your neighbor and say, remember when we was in the firehouse? Man, it was a mess sometimes. <laughs> Amen. God, take us through things that make us appreciate what we have. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. Maybe we can read together. Let's get involved together. I'm going to read, then you read, I read, then you read. We're going to read up to verse 8. But you got to be ready to read. It's on the overhead on the screen. So if you can't see because you're, 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 um, the, the writings are too small in your Bible, look up here. Amen. But I want you to get involved and read with me this morning. So I'm going to read verse 1. You all read verse 2. I read verse 3. And we just move right along till we read verse number 8 together. Amen. So verse number 1 says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. None of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Father, in the name of Jesus, we need you to speak to us. Lord, we don't want to be religious. We don't want to be traditional. We're not here, Lord, to show off our pretty clothes. We're not here to say we went to church today on Easter Sunday. We're not here, Lord God, because of any other reason but to hear what the Spirit is saying unto us. To hear what the Word of God is speaking to our heart. God, we can't be traditional. We don't want to come in and leave the same way. We need change to take place in our soul and in our spirit. We need something to happen to us that has not 
ever happen to us, Lord God. We know you're the miracle working God and there's nothing too hard for you. God, I pray that you will intervene today. We give you access, Lord God. We give you permission, Lord God, that you will do whatsoever you want to in our mind, in our heart. I pray today for deliverance in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray today for restoration in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray today that somebody will make up in their heart and in their mind to say, Jesus, this day, this Easter Sunday, this Resurrection Sunday, I turn it over to you. I will never be the same again and I will trust you and live for you. God, have your way today. Destroy the yokes and bondage that is upon us and break the invisible chains in the name of Jesus and set the captives free because you can, Lord God, because you you can. We ask these things in the wonderful and powerful and sovereign name of Jesus Christ. And let the house of God say amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord and give him a shout as you're being seated. Thank you, Lord. Every man's life is a plan of God. Every man's life is a plan of God. We can either submit and obey the plan or we can rebel and disobey the plan. The fact remains, every life is a plan of God. Tell your neighbor, your life is a plan of God. Tell your other neighbor, your life is a plan of God. Your birth, your death were established by God before you was even formed in the womb. We, however, can interrupt our established time of death by living in disobedience to the Almighty God's plan for our life. So death is always looming. Death wants to overtake you. Death wants to have its way in your life because the one that wants to kill you, he knows that there is an appointed time for you to die that God has ordained, but he's trying his best to get you to die before the time God has said you was going to die. But I'm here to tell you, if you will follow after God, if you will obey God, if you will trust God, Death cannot overtake you until God said death can overtake you. The safest way to keep your life is to lose your life for Christ's sake. And if you will lose your life for Christ, then you will have eternal life. Death has to wait for you if you will trust God with your life. Every man's life. Is a plan of God. When I say man, I don't mean man, male, gender. I mean humankind. Every one of our lives is a plan of God. If we follow God's plan for our life, death, you got to wait. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, and we know. It didn't say, and we think. It says, and we know that all things. Somebody say all things. What does all things mean? All things. He says, and we know that all things work together for what? 
oh my goodness, why we worried about the things that are coming against us? Why are we worried about the situations we're up against? Why are we worried about the challenges we face? Because the Bible says, and we know we're not guessing, we're not suspicious, we're not thinking, but all things work together for good. It says, to them that love God. And to them who are called according to his purpose. Can I tell you this morning? Your life is the plan of God. You are called according to his purpose. Now whether you submit to the purpose or you don't, it doesn't change the fact that your life is a plan of God. And you are called by God. And there's a plan for you. But you must choose whether you're going to submit to that plan of God for your life. Or you will decide what you want for your life. We all face that challenge. What I want for my life or what God wants for my life. There are things that will occur in our life that may seem just horrible. Things that will happen in our life that we will say, my goodness, how is this happening to me? But I want to direct your attention back to Romans 8, 28, where it says, and we know all things work together for good to them that love God and them that are called according to his purpose. There are some things that's going to happen in our life that we will try to avoid. But I want to tell you, instead of avoiding it, remember the scripture says, and we know all things work for good. All things work for good. So if you feel like you've been treated wrongly, I want you to say to yourself, all things work together for my good to them that love God. And I want you to know that there's nothing that's going on in your life that's a surprise to God. You might feel like you're wrong, but remember, it's just a part of the all things. You may feel like this is undue pain and suffering and sickness and struggle, but I want you to remember it's just the all things. You might feel like people have abandoned you and betrayed you, but I want you to think of it as all things. I know it might seem hard to believe sometimes why you're going through what you're going through. What's happening to you and you can't understand it. But I'm here to tell you Jesus wants us to know that we know all things work together for good. If you love God and we know you're called according to his purpose, then all things will work together for good. Today I'm preaching to you on this topic, if only I knew, if only I knew, will you make that statement or have you made that statement, if only I knew? In the case of Jesus Christ, he did not in any way try to avoid circumstances, situations which led to his death. Understand this. There are some things that we brought on ourselves. Those are not the all things I'm talking about. Uh, I'm talking about the things that happened to you that you didn't do anything for it to happen, but it happened anyhow. Those things that happened to you, I want you to hold on and says, God says, for we know all things. Uh, because you didn't cause that situation, you got to know uh, 
all things. And even some of the situation you may have caused, God says, the devil meant it for good. You might have been infiltrated by Satan to do the wrong that you have done. But because you belong to me, and because I died for you, and because I love you, I'm going to make sure that situation will get worked out for your good. For your good. Let me just drop this nugget in and tell you something. We have created mess, bad situation for ourselves. The way you clean it up is by go to Christ and stay steadfast in Christ. That's how you clean up the situation. Because here's the thing. You can't clean up your mess. The mess that you have made in your life, you can't clean it up. And so the way it gets cleaned up is by submitting your life to Christ. And Christ will clean it up. We're looking for answers to get situations fixed and get situations corrected in our life. But we can't fix them. We can't correct them. It's not until we submit to Jesus and say, Christ, I need your help. And when you tell him you need his help, then you surrender to him and you walk according to his word and you obey his word. Then will you see the mess being cleaned up. And as the mess is being cleaned up, the devil come and whisper to you, oh, you ain't getting away with that. I'm going to get you. And you just look at him and say, devil, you ain't better than my Jesus. You can come after me, but I'm walking with God. You can try to destroy me, but I'm walking with God. And I'm telling you, uh, you can come all you want, but God's got my back. If I only knew. I don't know if you know this, but in the circumstances and the situation that led to his death, humanly speaking, me or you, which Jesus Christ was God and man at the same time. And so his humanistic part of him, as he was being led to the, to the, to the cross to be crucified, he could have, he could have in his human self decide, you know what, I'm going to hide from these jokers. I know they're coming after me to kill me. I know they're trying to destroy me. I know they want to crucify me. So you know what, I'm just going to hide. He could have. You don't think he could? Do me and you get tempted with situations that we know, you know what, I need to do this because it's right, but somehow we still don't do it? Mm, don't get quiet on me now. There are things in our life that we know, and you know what we say? I know I'm supposed to, but I just can't do that because, you know, I've been, they did me so wrong, and that's so wrong, uh, so I can't. Uh, but I'm here to tell you today, uh, as soon as you think that you can't, uh, I want you to think about the Savior, the king of kings who decided uh, he didn't want to, uh, but he said, uh, because I love them, uh, he says, nevertheless, uh, not my will, but thine will be done. We see Christ. We see Christ. Day by day. Day by day. Following the divine lead of his destiny. Your problem that has come into your life that you didn't bring into your life is a part of your 
destiny. The situations that you're up against, that you're feeling like, man, how would I get this situation worked out? I'm here to tell you it's part of your destiny. If some of those things didn't happen in your life, if some of those things are not going on in your life, you can't be the person that God created you to be. The ministry that God wants to flow out of your life, it can't flow until you go through, until you experience some of the things that you are experiencing. You want to say, God, I can't. And God is saying, oh, you can. Because you don't understand. You can handle what you're going through. You just got to trust in me. You just got to obey me. You can handle what you're going through. Because you don't understand. There's somebody coming along in a couple years from now. There's somebody coming along six months from now, two weeks from now, to say to you, man, I've been struggling with this. And you're going to be able to say, well, let me tell you. I was struggling with the same situation. You'll be able to say, let me tell you, I was going through the same thing, but here is what God did in my life, here is what he did, so God wants you to know what you're dealing with is part of your destiny, yes, yes, it's part of your destiny, you don't have to worry about it, you don't have to worry about it, the only thing that can stop you is you, if you don't give up, if you don't quit, I'm telling you, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, God will bring you through. And all the things that you experience in going through what you're going through, God will use it for good. Because you love God. And because you're called according to His purpose. Here's something interesting. We certainly can live our life trying our best to avoid experiences and circumstances that come our way and guess what we do we're always trying to figure out how to avoid circumstances and situations we're always trying to fix things help me somebody things pop up in your life and you got to fix it and I'm here to tell you this morning some things don't need your fixing because if you try to fix it all you're going to do is make a bigger mess of the situation when they ask Jesus Christ are you the king of the Jews he didn't try to fix it he didn't try to explain it he didn't try to show it to him he says thou has said are you the king of the Jews you have said he never responded to them. You don't understand. I'm God in the flesh. I came down here, and guess what? I became a man, and now I'm here to save you. He could have said that. He could have tried to explain everything to them. But let me tell you, there's something that's just not worth explaining. There's something that's worth not even answering. There's something that's just not worth your time and your energy. All you want to say is, I trust the Lord and he's got my back. I will trust the Lord because he's got my back. Stop trying to fix the things that happen in your life because you didn't bring it there. So why do you think you need to fix it? Mm-hmm. You think you got the answer. Well, if you had the answer, you would have known it was coming and you would have known what it's all about. But I'm here to tell you, you didn't bring it. So you just tell the Lord, God, I didn't bring this here. You knew it was coming. So I know you'll work it out. Just give me the strength to deal with it when it's here. Our focus text this morning said... For had they known it, 
they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. From the point of view of merely worldly policy, the crucifixion of Christ was a profound mistake. Uh-oh. The crucifixion from a, from a, from a lawful worldly policy standpoint. Them crucifying Christ was a mistake. First of all, he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. It was a mistake for them to do what they did. Jesus knew that he didn't do anything. Jesus knew that, you know what? The plan for my life, I need to submit to it. We, we got to learn from Jesus. Jesus knew the plan for his life. He had to submit to it. Will we submit to the plan for our life? Or will we rebel against the plan for our life? I'm going to submit to the plan of God for my life. Because God is the all-knowing God. He is the everlasting God. He's from everlasting to everlasting. He is omniscient. You know what that means? He knows all things. Even your thoughts that's right now in your mind. God knows every thought that is in your mind. God, for all that knowing that you have, I submit my life to you. Jesus' submission to be crucified was a voluntary act. Nobody made him. They didn't strong arm him. It was a voluntary act. He could have avoided every situation that led to his crucifixion. The apostle Paul said, had they known. There are three possible ways or three possible ways. In which the cross might have been avoided. I don't know if we understand what was the ramification if he avoided the cross. Nobody has that answer. But we can go ahead and speculate on three ways he could have just said, I'm not doing that. First way is by an exercise of the sovereignty of God. God could have decided when Jesus was praying in the garden, God could have decided, you know what? Since you're going through so much agony, let me change the plan of how to save the human race. He could have. We, we, not, we don't have the mind of God. We're not sovereign. We don't, we're not omniscient. We don't know everything. But God knows everything. So I'm sure if it was up to him, he probably could have come up with another plan. But he didn't come up with another plan. Didn't come up with another plan. So we know that it could have been avoided by another plan being instituted. We know it could have been another plan because when Christ prayed and he says that, oh God, and he felt the sorrow and he felt the pain and he felt the burden of the sin of mankind, he could have said, I can't, I'm so weak, I can't handle this. And in his weakness, he could have said, Father, You've got to let this cup pass. I can't drink it. You've got to let it pass. I can't. A lot of us should have identified it with that. Because a lot of times we don't obey God because we felt like that's too hard. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, God don't expect us to do that, does he? 
Yeah, that's true, but man, that's hard. That's not easy to do. That's what we say a lot. That's what we say many times when we want to not do what God said we need to do. And Jesus was faced with the very thing. And I don't think we ever had struggles and sorrows and all this weight on us like Jesus did. And he said, oh, I feel this burden and weight and sorrow of the sins of the people of this world. And if this cup can pass, I would rather it pass because this is too hard to bear. Will you let this pass? That was his emotion. It's okay to express your emotion. But once you're done expressing your emotions, you need to gather yourself. You need to say to yourself, okay, I, I know it's hard, but God, you said I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And so when you gather yourself from your emotional ways of saying this is hard, this is rough, you need to say, God, now will you strengthen me? Because you know what? Not my will, but your will be done. Will you strengthen me, Almighty God, so I can fulfill this destiny in my life, so I can walk in the plan of God for my life. God has a plan for your life, and He wants you to walk into that plan. No matter how hard it gets, He will help you. The third reason we know the plan could have been avoided is what we've been talking about. By the devil's and ruler's knowledge of who he was and what his mission was, the plan could have been aborted. So listen to this. I don't have much more to go. The plan of God. To save mankind from their sin and give them an opportunity to have eternal life. It could have been aborted if they had known who Jesus Christ was when he walked this earth. My God, let me tell you something. It says the rulers only put Christ to death while deceiving themselves or deceived as to his character and his claim. They they, they did not believe who he was. They they did not want to trust in who he was. They did not want to understand from his characteristics and how he lived his life. They did not want to believe that he was the Christ, that he is the Messiah that was prophesied to come. They did not want to believe that if they knew they knew that a messiah was supposed to come to save all of them they knew but when he showed up they wouldn't accept it when he showed up they didn't want to embrace it when he showed up They did not want to say, yeah, that's what we've been waiting for. When he showed up, they thought he was just an imposter. We might not say that Christ was an imposter, 
But we're living in many ways like he was an imposter. We're living in many ways uh, like he wasn't really the Christ. We're living in many ways like he really wasn't God manifest in flesh. We're living in many ways uh, like Jesus Christ uh, was not the Savior, was not who he said he was. We, we do know. If I only knew. They can say that. We can't say that. If I only knew. Had they known. Had they seen the glory which they did. They too would have bowed their knees and worshipped him. And crowned him. But they did not want to see it. They did not want to believe it. We have to be careful. That we don't come to some conclusion. Of what we think about something or someone. That we start to live a life of falsehood. What you decide you want to believe. Hear this. People can believe anything they want. That don't mean it's truth. People can believe anything they want. Well, I just believe. I hear you. I'm not telling you you didn't believe. But you can believe a lie. You can believe something that's false. You can believe something that really isn't what it claimed to be. That's what they did to Jesus. They did not want to believe it. And so they started believing something that was a lie. They started believing something that was not true. They started asking, are you the king of the Jews? Say it. Because you're not. And we want you to say it. So we have a reason to really. He says, thou says. Be careful in what you decide you want to believe. Be careful what you decide you want to believe because you can believe anything you want. That's why a lot of people aren't living for God today. They have concocted something that makes them comfortable, that makes them feel good, that makes them feel like they can keep living the way they're living. They've concocted that and decided that, you know what? That's what I believe. Well, you can believe it all you want. If that's not what God says, then it's false. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Let's focus on truth. Jesus says he is truth. And what he says is truth. What will you believe? What you want or what Jesus says? What you going to believe? You can believe whatever you want. And I'm going to tell you why you need to believe Jesus though. You might not want to believe Jesus because you might claim it's too hard. That's a whole lot. People don't listen. I've been studying this thing. I study people and I study the word of God. And one of the things I learn about people is y'all all want to go to heaven. I know you all want to go to heaven. Ain't nobody in this room that don't want to go to heaven. That's why you're in church today. You want to go to heaven. So here's the question. Have you ever been to heaven? No. So how do you know how to get to heaven? Everybody want to go to heaven. But we've never been there. So how we know how to get there? 
Man, if we can just if we can just just be honest with ourselves, if we can just embrace the truth and just realize, uh, you know what, I'm playing games with myself. You know what, I know that I'm doing wrong, and I can't accept that. I can't become comfortable with that. I gotta change my life and my ways because I want to go to heaven, and the only way I can go to heaven is by changing my life and the things I believe, and just believe God. Oh, help me, Jesus. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, we need you this morning. We need you to help us. We don't need to front. We don't need to fake the moves. We don't need to be a traditional people saying, I went to church today on Easter Sunday. Help us. The plan of God. Had they known... They would have sought no false witnesses. Had they known, they wouldn't have shouted, crucify him. Can you imagine knowing that this person is here to save you and you started talking about him and against him? Get him. Crucify him when he was your only hope of saving you. Can you imagine being down a hole and the person at the top of the hole lowered the rope and you say to them, get that rope out of my face. I don't want that. Yeah, that's what we do. That's what we're doing. We don't even know. You're in a deep hole that will cover up sooner or later and you won't be able to live and breathe anymore. And the master, the savior, has lowered down the rope to save you. And all you want to say is, uh, uh, well, 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 I don't want to get saved like that. Get that out of here. You want to get saved the way you want to get saved. Well, if you can save yourself, then go ahead and save yourself. We all needed a Savior. That's why God manifested in flesh and became Savior. You know what Jehovah means? You know what Jesus means? It's Jehovah tr- translated in from the Hebrew to the English. That, that Jehovah is Jesus. And you know what Jesus means? God who has become Savior. Oh, you don't want to hear that. Jehovah in the Old Testament. They called him Jehovah. Jehovah, Almighty God, became Savior. Tell me how God can save you when He ain't had no body. God had no body. The Bible says no man had seen God because God was a spirit. But He loved you so much. He didn't want you to have no hope. He didn't want you to stay in the situation that you're in. He didn't want that for you. So he says, you know what? The only way I can save you. Listen. Here we go. And I'm close. I'm going to finish up for you. I'm not going to take much of your time. The Bible says, this was said in Thursday night Bible study. The Bible says, by one man, that is Adam, sin entered the world and all have sinned because Adam sinned. Yes? Yes? That's Bible. That, that's Bible. So by one man, sin entered. Now, if a man called the whole human race to start sinning, how would the human race be delivered from sin? Because everything got to be in order. The only way the human race could have been 
delivered from sin or given the opportunity to be delivered from sin was by a man. If man started it, man had to take care of it. But no man was qualified to do it. Oh God, I wish y'all would get this like I get it, man. God always give it to me so good. No man was qualified, but it needed a man to rescue us because a man put us in this predicament. So how would we be rescued by a man when no man was qualified to rescue us? Yeah, that's how it worked. So God became man. God had to become a man because there was no other man walking this earth that was sinless. There was no other man walking this earth that was capable of saving us, dying for us. So that's why God became man, not his son. Now, his son didn't become man. He became man. But because he became man, guess what? Guess what? How do you become man? You have to be born. So if you're born, you are automatically a son. Don't get me going. Mm. This is why he was called the son of man, son of God. Because he was born from a woman. So don't get confused when he says I'm the son of man thinking he's not God. No, he had to do what he had to do to rescue us. And if we would really realize what he did to rescue us, we will begin to say, God, I got to push through. God, I got to do what's right. God, it shouldn't be that hard for me to trust you. It shouldn't be that difficult for me to obey you. So the almighty God, he became man. So he can do what only a man could do. Rescue man. But he was still God. So the plan of God. He spoke the plan. Ever since the beginning. You know where the plan of God started? In Genesis chapter 3. Can you, can you pull that up real quick from Genesis chapter 3? Let me show you something in case you don't know. And I'm going to finish. I will not be longer than 10 minutes. I'm almost there. Genesis chapter 3, uh, let's do 15. Let me show you something real quick. This is where the plan, listen, it started long before this, but he gave us the hint. Look at what it says. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. He was talking to the serpent. And between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, meaning the woman's seed, will bruise the head of the serpent and thou shalt bruise his heel, meaning that even though the, the woman's seed will destroy the serpent, the serpent will wound the man which will deliver the people. So it was prophesied here. It was prophesied here that we needed to be rescued because sin, we had just sinned against God and now it's time for us to be rescued and God gave them the hint of what needed to be done. And throughout scripture, he kept saying it. Even in Isaiah 9, 6, he says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. His name shall be called Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Oh, there's one God, and he is almighty. And that one God was supposed to be born and save the people of the world that in scriptures he kept on telling us what he was going to do so we knew the plan 
Mankind knew the plan that God had put in place to save them from their sin. We knew the plan. Them that said crucify him, they knew the plan. We got to realize that we can't miss this and say only if I knew. The Messiah was coming. And he was coming to save us. We knew the plan. But we wanted to have it our way. That, that, that's, 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 that's always been our issue. We always wanted what we want our way. And what we don't realize is our way leads to destruction. From in the very beginning in the garden, Adam had his way. God gave him the way and Adam decided to do what he wanted. And guess what it caused? The whole human race to sin. Your way will not work. Tell your neighbor your way will not work. Tell your other neighbor your way will not work. But God ways will. God ways will. And I got to trust God in his ways because that's the way that will work. Hmm. Thank God they missed the plan. Tell your neighbor, thank God they missed the plan. <laughs> oh my God, help us today. The devils and the rulers, they missed the plan. You see, if they had known, always remember this, if they had known, it's talking about the devil and the rulers of that time. And all the people that was gathered around talking about crucify him. If they had known, <laughs> but the funny thing is what's crazy about this God told them they didn't want to know they didn't want to know because our prejudices our history of what we've experienced how we lived our life the things that we've experienced it always mess with the way we see things see we will always see things fuzzy no matter who you are, no matter how intelligent you are, you will always see things fuzzy because you don't really know because the only one that really knows is God. And if you want to know, you got to go into God's word. You got to pray and seek God in order to know because we just only see just a little bit. Amen. We don't see clearly. We don't see clearly. Tell your neighbor, you don't see clearly. No, we don't see clearly. If they had known, if they had known, they would not have crucified their Savior. And so, I'm going to close with telling you this. Here is the big reason why they missed the plan of God. Here is the big reason why they missed the plan of God. Why people are still missing the plan of God today. They did not want to accept that Jesus Christ was Lord. They did not want to accept that he was the Messiah. They did not want to accept that he was the Savior of the world. They did not want to accept that he was Jehovah who has become our Savior. And that's why they missed the plan. But 
thank God they missed the plan. I'm here to tell you this morning or this afternoon, we're missing the plan only when we don't want to accept what the plan is. We want the plan to be what we want it to be. We don't want to accept it for what God has made it to be. But I'm here to tell you today, for you not to get to a place and says, if I only knew, you got to accept the plan of God for what it is and what God said it is. And so God, here we go. We sinned. We messed up. And our only hope was die and go to hell. That, that's what it was. Because God, when he created man, he says, when we sin, we shall surely die. So we was going to sin and go to hell and had no hope because we disobeyed the plan of God from the very beginning. And God says, man, I love them. I can't just do that. And so God decided that he's going to have to do something for us not to go to hell. And so God became man. And he lived in this world. He was our example. And all while he was living, he knew the plan was that he had to die for our sins. And not just a gunshot to the head and boom, he died. But he was going to have to suffer. He was going to be beaten. He was going to have a spear go to his side. Not to mention leading up to the crucifixion, all that he would have to endure. He knew that from the very beginning. But he did it anyhow. And they killed him. And he died. But he died so we can have eternal life. Listen, today we're celebrating Resurrection Sunday. But there couldn't be a resurrection without a crucifixion. The plan, the plan, the plan. He, we couldn't be celebrating and preaching today that he rose again if he didn't die to begin with. And so the only reason why the plan worked out was because they did not know. Because if they had known, they might not have known, but we know. We know. We know. If he didn't lay down his life, we could not be delivered from curses. Did you know that? When they put the crown of thorn on his head, that was for all the curses. He became the king of curses by the thorn they put on his head. So for all of us that like to say, oh, it's just a generational curse. It's a curse until you become born again of the water and of the spirit. When you get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, there is no such thing as curse. All the curses got to loose you and let you go. So for you all that think that there is something, there's a curse, and that's why you're going through. If you're born again, you don't have a curse no more in your life. No, I don't care what the family curse was. If you're born again of the water and of the spirit, there's no such thing as curse. Now, if you want to live in disobedience to God outside of God then the curse might run after you mm -hmm. but if you would just stay in God that curse can't mess with you because there's no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus 
And so when you get saved and you're living for God, the devil try to condemn you. But you got to always remember you can't be condemned as a child of God because the blood of Jesus Christ has covered your sins. And every time the enemy bring up to your face, as a child of God that is, bring up to your face, you're wrong, just says, devil, I've already repented and plead the blood of Jesus over my life. That sin that I committed, that wrong that I've done, because he died and rose, it no longer have power over me. That curse that's in my family, because he died and he rose, it no longer has power over me. When Christ died and rose, now you had an opportunity to be healed spiritually, physically, and emotionally. Thank God they missed the plan. The devils and the rulers missed the plan. But you and I cannot miss the plan today. Now that we know what the plan is, we should not have an excuse. We should embrace what God is saying. You will not be able to say, only if I knew, you will not be able to say it. Because you know today what the plan is and what God has done for you. Amen. Will you surrender your life today? Because now you know all of this was about you. I know we sing the song, it's not about us, it's about Jesus, but always put it in context. Always put it in context. Yes, once we get saved and we start living for God, it's no longer about us. But until we get there, it is about us. Until we get right, it is about us. Until you get right, it is about you. It's only when you get it and you have it and you start living for God, you say, no, it's not about me. It's about those that are not saved. What the Bible says, that he left the 99 saved soul and went after the one. That's what it means when we say it's not about us. If you're living for God and you're trusting in God, obeying God, then it's no longer about you because you want to help God reach the soul. Even if it's just one, you want to help God reach that one to be saved because of what he has done. Oh, God help us. I told him yesterday. Listen to this. Stand with me. I'm finishing up with you. I told him yesterday. We were talking right before a prayer meeting. And we were just sharing. Just shooting the breeze. And I was telling them, here is what a lot of people struggle with. But here is the essential and essence about what went wrong. What went wrong was that the people at that time didn't want to believe that God was who he was. All of what transpired is all because they're saying, I don't want to believe that. I don't accept that. That's what happened. They didn't want to believe it. Jesus, son of God. That's Mary's son, isn't he? The carpenter's son. That's that's Joseph's boy. They didn't want to accept him and embrace him. I've just said some things today that you may not want to accept and embrace. If you don't, you will be like them. If I had known. Because the only way we will ever get our life right with Christ is when we come to the knowledge of who he really is. Listen, some of us want to believe that God sent his son 
and his son wasn't really, his, his son was so divine that he couldn't feel pain really. So all of it kind of was no big deal. And we want to believe that the way how the plan of God went, it really was no big deal for God. And so it was just a smooth deal that he worked out and that's how we got saved. That's what we want to believe. Because if we believe that, we won't feel the, 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 the challenge of being true believers and, and submit to God's will. And what do I mean by that? Just stop for a second and think about this. Hell wasn't created for us. They were, it was created for demons that rebelled against God. But us rebelling against God don't make us any different from the demons that's rebelling against God. And so that's where we're all headed if we rebel against God. If God would not come to this earth and died for us, manifest as man and died for us, every one of us would have died and went to hell. But the process wasn't as easy as we want it to be. How many of you, how many people, let me give you a minuscule way of looking at it. How many people that have their mansions, have their millions, live in this great, great life? How many people you know live in that life? Really care about people that starve it. Really care about people that have no hope that have no money, that have no place to live. How many people with their millions you think really care? All they care about is they doing all right. Things are going well for them. That's all they can see. Well, things was going really good for God. He could have just started over and created a new human race. Things are going really good for him. The Bible says... All the riches belongs to him. So things are really good for him. But he decided to come down here to save us that rebelled against him. If we will ever understand the process that he went through to save us, I believe that we will change the way we approach living for God. If we will ever understand what God did for us, we will change the way how we live. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 23 says, the apostle Paul says, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews, a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them, which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than man. And the weakness of God is stronger than man. I'm here to tell you, this might sound like foolishness to you that I just talked to you about today. I don't know what it sounds like to you. I don't know how you're going to process this today. But this is the wisdom of God I just spoke to you. The wisdom of God is the plan of God for mankind. That's what the world rejected and that's why they didn't know they was crucifying the Messiah. It was the wisdom of God. It was the wisdom of God that they decided to reject. 
Will you reject today the wisdom of God? Will you decide to turn your back on the wisdom of God? I invite you today to take a moment, come to this altar if you can, and just pray today and ask God to help you. Ask God to help you because you understand what God has done for you. You should not allow anything to hold you back from just surrendering and submitting to God for what He has done for you. Somebody need to surrender their life to God. Somebody need to give their life to God today. Somebody need to say, God, will you heal my broken heart? Today. Somebody needs to say, God, will you save me today? Somebody needs to say, God, will you fill me with the gift of the Holy Ghost today? Somebody needs to say, God, will you renew me by the power of the Holy Ghost today? Will you not allow yourself to just keep on going through the motions? Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray today. That we will not put ourselves in a position where it's going to be too late. And all we can say is, if I only knew. God, I pray that today somebody will respond to the word of God. And not get to a place where they say, that preacher was preaching the truth that day. That preacher was preaching the word of God that day. And because they was worried about their personal status, because they was worried about changing their life, because they were worried about what other people may think, they passed on you, Lord God. Lord, they, they, they may not be like the princes of that time and the rulers that didn't really know because of the hardness of their heart. But today we do know. And I pray that you will help us, Lord God. To not just leave here today knowing and doing nothing about it. Oh God, some of us here today need to be delivered, but we can only be delivered through the power of God. We can only be set free in trusting in you and obeying you. We can only see clearly if we will obey your word and trust your word. Our life can be changed only from us allowing you to do a work in it. Father, I pray today that this will not just be another Easter Sunday for us. That when we depart from this place, Almighty God, wherever we go, you will trouble our hearts, trouble our minds. Father, I know that you have given all for us. Wednesday morning when I woke up, Lord God, I knew over 2,000 years ago you were being beaten. You were being crucified for my sins. And today I'm still standing. Today I'm still reaching for you. Today I still have the opportunity. What a grand opportunity you have given us, Lord God. For we have hope. And they that are not Seeing it are without hope. Ha. Ah. 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 Oh God, will you remove the weights of sin that is upon us today? The, the burdens that we're carrying, Lord God, that Lord Jesus is not for us to carry. You said, cast our care upon you because you care and I pray today, Lord God, somebody will take advantage of the opportunity you have given them. And somebody will take advantage of the opportunity you have given them. Because you died and you rose. 
oh God, our hope is in you. Somebody, because Jesus Christ rose from the grave. We too, when we die, will rise from the grave. And so somebody, no, there's hope today. There's hope. There's hope. There's hope for you. Your burdens. Your sickness. All the weights and the situations that challenge you. They will not remain forever because there's a day coming. There's a day that God will raise you up. There's a day coming where you will live in the resurrection and you will overcome all your struggles, all your challenges. All your sickness and all of the things that bind you, God wants to set you free. He has already done the work. It is finished. The work of God is finished. Will you do what you need to do today? Will you respond to God today? Will you respond to the Lord today for what He has done for you? Oh, hallelujah. If only I knew. Oh, God. I don't want to be in that place where I said only if I knew. I don't want to be in a bad 